Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, we have a local number for you to call in to join our discussion today. That would be 702-650-5588. I say again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the toll-free, excuse me, outside the Las Vegas area, we have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, the toll-free number to call in to join our discussion, have a praise report, prayer request. We'd love to hear it. 702-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello, God bless. We just wave to you. In addition to that, we are being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs website, which is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, you can go to our website again, www.savethelostlv.org. Select the topic and or radio broadcast that you'd like to listen to and be blessed. The gospel is always free on our watch. Amen. Amen. We're also being broadcast from KKVV's uh, AM and FM dial. The AM dial would be 1060 AM and the FM dial would be 101.5. I'd like to say hello to my dear brother in Christ who is sitting to my right. You may see him to your left, but that would be Brother Vernon Davis. And how are you, man of God? I'm doing great today. I'm just so glad Jesus Amen. from me. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Well, I will stand in agreement with you. And he saved me from me as well. Praise God. But you know what? I like the me that I was always supposed to be. Amen. Amen. And every day he is revealing her to me. So I am excited to see his work. And I know it will not be concluded until it is finished. Amen. Amen. So I surrender and I submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life. Vernon, we have a lot to talk about today, sir. Of course we do. Amen. So we are going to look at the prophet Malachi today. Malachi's name means my messenger. Malachi is a book that you will find, which is the last book of the Old Testament prior to going into the New Testament. So it is the very last book. Now, it uh, deals with a particular point in the house of Israel when they had been freed from captivity of the Babylonians. So it's like a 100 years after they had been freed as to when this 
uh, particular oracle goes out. And the oracle is the word of God. Amen. Amen. Malachi is God's prophet. He is my messenger. And God gives him uh, a stern word to give the people at that particular time. It is so crucial because after Malachi, it was silent for 400 years. And then we see the next prophet on the scene is John the Baptist. Amen. Amen. So this is very, very crucial. And we have to get this into our hearts and minds and understand what's going on here. So uh, our, our topic today is turn back to God. Because that was Malachi's job, was to tell the people to turn back to God. So, Vernon, I'd like you to read Malachi 1.1 and tell us what the Word of God says. Uh, we are in the New King James Version, correct, sir? Correct. Uh, the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Wow. Now, let's read down to verse 6 but I want our listeners to ponder over that I have never seen in the Bible when it first comes out and it says that the word is a burden Hmm. of the Lord to Israel by Malachi a burden that's pretty deep, Vernon. Very much so. Yes, it's. Um, I'm, I'm trying to recall right now if I've. I've never. I've never seen it. You know, I've studied the the scriptures intently, but I have never seen that. That is huge. That is tremendous. That is something I'd like to continue to ponder on in my studies in the Word of God. But that that really spoke to me. Mm. So would you please continue to read um, verse 2 through 6, sir? Okay, verse 2 through 6. Verse 2, I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord? Yet Jacob I have loved. Verse 3, but Esau I have hated and laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. Verse 4, even though Edom has said, we have been impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they may build, but I will throw down. They shall be called the territory of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord will have indignation forever. 5, your eyes shall see and you shall say, the Lord is magnified beyond the border of Israel. 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Okay. So, let's look at verse 7 there, Brother Vernon. Verse 7? Mm-hmm. You offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse 8. Verse 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased 
with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Now, we're going to stop right there because it would appear their offerings are not the best. They're not. They're blemished. They're weak. They're sickly. And God clearly tells them that he loves them, right? Amen. But when he makes reference to Esau, Esau gave up his birthright for basically a bowl of beans, red stew. He wasn't a worshiper. He didn't care about the things of God. All he wanted to do was hunt. And when he said he was hungry, he wasn't hungry for the word. He wasn't hungry for God. He was hungry for his flesh. Amen. And sold it. And then got mad, but would not take responsibility for his own actions. So this is why God has been against those who claim that they're his, but constantly disobedient, disrespectful, vile, offer all types of abominations and call it a sacrifice. They call it honor. They call it worship. Let's go back to the Genesis of when we were established as a covenant people with God. And then maybe we can understand why God has had enough. Well, we've gotten all the way through the Old Testament and here we are, God giving them another warning. Amen. Amen. So let's go back to when we first became a people. And I would like us to go to. Exodus. Exodus. Yes. And we're going to look in Exodus 19. So we're going to go all the way back. And we're going to look at that. So let's look in 19 and let's read verses 1 through 6. Man of God, please. Okay. Book of Exodus from the New King James Version. Chapter 19, verse 1. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. Two, for they had departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. I want to stop you right there. So can we establish they've already been freed? Yes. Out of Egypt? Yes. Okay? Yes. So God is calling them. Mm -hmm. After they've been freed and some time has been passed. Amen. Mm-hmm, because that was probably very traumatic for a lot of them. Yes. Give them an opportunity to, to collect themselves. Amen. Amen. Okay. So let's continue. Verse three. And Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. For you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Five. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Wow. You see that? So let's look at the words he's going to speak. Why don't you keep going? Seven. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Verse 8. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. All right. So let's stop right there. Mm -hmm. Now, 
not only were the priests and the elders called, but all the people. And the all people were in agreement Amen. that they were going to do what the Lord had commanded them to do. Amen. Did we see that? Yes, we did. Amen. So I want you just to stop right there for a moment. Okay. And now let's segue and let's go to second, excuse me, first Peter chapter two. And we're going to look at verses nine and 10. We're going to go to first Peter chapter two, and we're going to look at verses nine and 10. Hey, the first epistle of Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Stop right there. So what are we? Chosen generation. We're a chosen generation. Number one, a royal priesthood. And a holy nation. And a holy nation. So we are all that. Amen? Amen. And that's what we were when we start looking at Exodus, right? Amen. Yes. Okay. So that's what we've always were when we became God's covenant people. Amen. Now read those three things again, brother Vernon, please. But you are a chosen generation, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation. Okay. His own special people. Wow. Yep. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brother Vernon, it doesn't get better than that, right? No better. So this is correlating with what we saw initially in Exodus, correct? Amen. Now, let's go to Exodus 24, and let's look at verses 1 through 11. Now, you have to remember... Between Exodus 19 and before we get to Exodus 24, there's something that's called Exodus 20 where we have the Ten Commandments, right? Amen. Exodus 24, verse... 1 through 11, please. 1 through 11. Verse 1. Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, 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 Mm -hmm. and 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. Two, and Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. Three, so Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. They said it again. Mm -hmm. You see that? Okay. Four, and Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 5, when he, then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. 6, and Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. 7, then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. They said it again. again. Wait, and they put on there, they would be obedient. Okay. Verse 8, and Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. 9, then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, 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 and the 70 of the elders of Israel. 10, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet as if it were a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. They saw. You see that? They. How many do we see right there? We see 
Moses, his brother, his brother's sons, and the 70 elders, right? right? Amen. Those are the witnesses, man of God. Go ahead. And But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hands. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. All right. They saw it, right? Yes, they did. Okay, so we see declaration that once they hear the word, they confirm the word, and they agree, amen, agree. with God, that they will follow what? All, not some. All In addition word. to that, and obey. They, will be obe- they will be obedient. So this is Aaron, which is the priest, Moses, which is the prophet, Aaron's sons, which are the next generation, Nadab and Abihu, plus the That's elders, Plus all the house of Israel. Amen. Amen. They have all agreed this to be God's covenant people. The covenant has been presented and they are a part of the covenant. Amen. Amen. By their own mouths. Amen. Will we agree? Yes. Okay. Now, the tribe of Levi has been set out to do the work of the Lord. There are 12 tribes. And out of the 12 tribes, the tribe of Levi has been the tribe that has been set out to do the work of the Lord. Those will be the ones that are the priests. Those are to be the ones that work in the temple and do the things of the Lord. Amen. Amen. But we also have seen when we read first Peter, the second chapter, verses nine, 10, that we are the royal priesthood. Amen. Amen. So if that applies to the priest. It applies to the people. And then we'll start going back to Malachi and breaking this down. But I need people to understand the Genesis where this originally came from as to why God has gotten to this point in Malachi. Amen. Amen. How it's now become a burden. Remember we saw that? Yes. The word has now become a burden because judgment is about to happen. Now you have to understand, they just came out of captivity, but they've been out of captivity with Babylon. First it was Assyria, second it was Babylon, and they have been out for over a hundred years. Now these are the people that do God's work. They know his word. He has shown them who he was. They know about the miracle signs and wonders that he has performed. It's no question who he is. And they agreed with the covenant. And they said they would do it, right? Right. Amen. So now we're going to go to Leviticus. We're going to start in chapter 18. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 23. Again, Leviticus chapter 18. And we're looking at verses 6 to 23. Give me a moment. Oh, sure. This is rich, man of God. I understand. When God gave it to me, I was like, whoo, Lord. Okay, looking at Leviticus chapter 18, and we're going to look at verses uh, 6 through 23. Okay, Leviticus chapter 18, from New King James Version, verses 6 through 23. Yes, sir. Verse 6, none of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. Verse 7, the nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother, and you shall not uncover. She is your mother, and you shall not uncover her nakedness. 8, 
The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. 9. The nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere, their nakedness you shall not uncover. Verse 10. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness you shall not uncover, for theirs is your own nakedness. Verse 11. The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, begotten by your father, she is your sister, you shall not uncover her nakedness. Verse 12, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is near of kin to your father. Verse 13, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is near of kin to your mother. Verse 14, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. Verse 15, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. Verse 16, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. Verse 17. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near of kin to her. It is wickedness. Verse 18. Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. Verse 19. Also you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is in her customary Impurity. That means ministrating. Amen. 20, verse 20, Moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her. 21, And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech, nor shall you profane the norm of your, name of your God, I am the Lord. Verse 22, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. 23, Nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Now, when they're talking about nakedness, it's talking about having sexual relations. Yeah. So we need to go to Leviticus 20, and we need to look at 10 through 21. God is establishing what he wants in reference to holiness. You have to understand there were other gods that were existing. There were those in the Far East. But to establish that we were his people, there had to be holiness. There had to be things that his priests were not allowed to do. Subsequently, his people were not allowed to do. That's what separates us from other people who follow other gods. You have to understand during this period, there were those Vernon, who called themselves gods and priests and were practicing these type of sexual acts and perversions and abominations. Now, God put his name on his people. They agreed to the covenant. Yes. This is part of the thing that separates us. That they know the difference between God's people, the most high God, and the other gods, if you will. So there are certain acts that we were not able to do. And it has to deal with a lot with relationship. It talked about not being with aunts, not being with your children, not being with your sister-in-law, not having relations with your wife and her sister at the same time to call strife. Now, if you will recall, that's something that happened with uh, Jacob. When we look at Rebecca, 
and her sister Leah. Right. That's right. So you have to understand God is establishing things because the father, which was the uncle, tripped, tricked him because he had chosen Rebecca and at the time of the marriage bed, the father pulled Rebecca out right. and put in Leah. So God is addressing these things. Amen. Amen. And as a royal priesthood, as a chosen people, we have to adhere to what God establishes. Amen. Amen. So we're going to Leviticus chapter 20 and we're looking at verses 10 through 21. Leviticus chapter 20 from the New King James Version again, verse 10. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. 11. The man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. 12. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood shall be upon them. 13. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. 14. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire, both he and they that there may be no wickedness among you. Fifteen, if a man mates with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. Sixteen, if a woman approaches any animal and mates with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Seventeen, if a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his guilt. 18. If a man lies with a woman during her sickness and uncovers her nakedness, he has exposed her flow, and she has uncovered the flow of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from their people. 19. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister nor of your father's sister, for that would uncover his near of kin. They shall bear their guilt. 20. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear sin, their sin. They shall die childless. 21. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. This is the standard that God has set for his priest. A very, very high standard. They're to care for the people. The thing is, is that the cloud was always with the people. The cloud is God's presence. Right. You cannot do this in the presence of God. And you're a priest and you're serving. You have to understand. God wanted them to know. Not even his priest. Would be able to escape his wrath. So it's very important that we understand this. And that. During this time, when this was being established, there were people who were practicing those type of behaviors mm -hmm. and called themselves holy people. It was cultic. They were temple prostitutes. They were doing all kinds of things. And you have to understand, Moloch was an Eastern god, mm -hmm. and he required sacrifices of live children being mm -hmm. sacrificed to him, mm -hmm. blood sacrifices. Mm -hmm. 
thrown into the fire alive, but cut open. There was no way the house of Israel would ever remotely appear to be like that. It had to be a distinction to the point where God would kill his priest if they ever even did anything like that. So he had to make it plain. Now we have established what a covenant people look like and what they had agreed to represent, which was the God of hosts. Amen. Amen. So now let's go back to Malachi. So now that you can understand, now we're in the last book of the Old Testament and God is had enough. You know, the the prophet Jeremiah had prophesied that they were going to be taken into captivity. And he called him the weeping prophet. He cried because he saw the destruction that was going to be on the people. And they didn't like Jeremiah and wanted to kill him. And he's like, what charge do you have against me? I'm doing what God has called me to do, basically. Tell the truth. That's right. So a lot of people are upset with God's people who speak the truth. Because guess what? You're cramping their style, Brother Vernon. It's today. (laughs) Is that where we are right now? Yes. Okay. To the point where they want to shut churches down and they want to do something to the leaders. It's gotten crucial now. Amen. Amen. It's a very volatile situation right here. There are people who do not respect the things of God and going on the record. And a lot of it is coming in the house of God. They're not doing things the way God has established. They're doing things their way. And they believe that God has forsaken them for some way. And God has not. God will not reward disobedience. They're blocking their own blessings. Why do you think Malachi came to warn, to warn the people? That's what we're talking about today. Turn back to God. So now we're going to go to the book of Malachi and we're going to start looking at some more of it. You know, Vernon, a lot of people say, well, I I would have been good back then because, you know, Jesus was back then and, you know, God was there in the pillar of smoke and they had Moses and <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know, Bro- brother. The, the, the thought came to my mind: like, if I was alive during slavery days, I would have probably. And then I had to think about probably not. But you know, if I went back, you know, it's the same way. And I think about it because in the Old Testament, and I'm currently reading Samuel. It, it's, it's, you know, and. I, they turned away. I mean, they, if Moses went on the mountain just because he was gone too long and then he came, they built that calf. Come on. That probably would have been right. It's, it's, we don't know. All I know is what God has given me for now. And I'm glad I have his word to see what happened in the past. Amen. So I don't have to, I mean, it's all relevant to me now. I remember not too long ago, it seemed hard. The more you get closer to God, in my opinion, for me to clear this 
Every time I read the word, it becomes. The clearer it is, it's like I'm right there looking down from above what happened. Or I'm right, every time I read it, I'm, I'm like right there with these individuals that wrote the word of God, God inspired. And it's scary, it's scary, to, it's, just, it's a fear that I'm glad I have because I'm, it shows I'm changing. Amen. It's, you know, so it's all amazing to me, it, 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 always. But what we have to understand, brother, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, is that these were priests. These were people that knew God's word. That's and, well, well, and were put in spiritual authority to take care of the people. So I want you to know this is really, really bad. It, it's really, really bad. Like today. Okay. So this is not somebody just coming up and well, let's just try something new. These are generational priests. These are people who are supposed to take care of God's temple and God's people. And that's why God is like, do you not honor your own earthly mother and father? Do I not deserve more honor than them? Why are they in the temple? It's God's temple. What work are they doing? It's God's work. What word are they proclaiming? It's God's word. Brother, we have to realize who is blessing us and why we are blessed. And we have to really turn back to God for those of us who have a relationship. It is crucial, Vernon. Because no one knows the day or the hour. Amen? Amen. And a lot of strife is happening with believers inside the house of God. It's not outside forces coming in. It's those that already exist on the inside. Because they want God to bless them for disobedience. He's not going to do that, brother. So why don't we pick up where you started reading? Uh, stop reading, rather. I believe that we were in um, verse 9. So I want you to pick up in verse 10. That would be Malachi chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 10. Now, did we stop in verse 9? Um, or should we pick up at verse 9? I believe we should pick up at verse okay, 9. Okay, let's pick up at verse 9, and then why don't we continue to read until we're at the end of the chapter, please. Okay. Once again, book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 9. But now entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to us while this is being done by your hands. Will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? 10. Who is there even among you? who would shut the door so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. 12. But you profane it. In that you say, the table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit is food, is contemptible. Thirteen, you also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? 
14, But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male, and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. It says, wow, 14, But cursed he the deceiver who has in his flock a male, and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. You know what else stands out to me? Brother Vernon, when we look in uh, verse 13, and it says that you bring things to God that are stolen. And you offer it as a sacrifice. Which is your worship. You're bringing things into God's house that are not worthy. They're not gotten from a good place, man of God. And you come in there as a deceiver, a proud liar. And trying to fool God in his house. God knows all and sees all, man of God. So the thing that God is most displeased with, Vernon, is this is a heart condition. This is in their heart. Their, their heart. So their actions are a manifestation of what's in their heart. Vernon. Unbelievable. But yet they say they're God's people. God knows the difference, Vernon. He always does. Wow. Now let's go into chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1. And now, O priest, this commandment is for you. 2. If you will not hear, and if you will not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already. Because you do not take it to heart. Wow, Vernon. Blessings are actually curses. Hmm. Didn't we just talk about the heart condition? Yes, because you do not take it to heart. And blessings will be cursed. Because blessings come from but what? Him. Amen? Amen. So are you giving him false worship? He knows. You're giving him a false heart? A lying heart, a deceiving heart, a hardened heart in his own house. That's the way you're serving. That's what you're presenting to him. Woe unto you. Why do you think Malachi had the burden? Poor Malachi. <laughs> All this bad news. But, I mean, just, but, he, a, but he had heavy. to do it. Yes. What was going to come next? It was going to be worse. Yeah, too. It's as if I can smell the smoke right now through the words, the scriptures. Keep going, brother. Verse 3, Behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your solemn feast, and one will take you away with it. Verse 4, Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue says the Lord of hosts. Verse 5, My covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him, that he might fear me. So he feared me, and was reverent before my name. 
6. The law of truth was in his mouth, and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and turned away, turn, and turned many away from iniquity. Verse 7. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Verse 8. But you have departed from the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 9. Therefore I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people, because you have not kept my ways, but have shown partiality in the law. Verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Yes. Why do we deal treacherously with one another? By profaning the covenant of the fathers. Verse 11, Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He has married the daughter of a foreign god. 12, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob, the man who does this, being awake and aware, yet he who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. 13. And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying, so he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with good will from your hands. 14. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Verse 15, But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. 16, For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. 17, you have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, In what way have we wearied him? In that you say, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or, where is the God of justice? This is something else, isn't it, Brother Vernon? Do you see how God honors marriage? Because he's in the marriage. Amen? Amen. So you cannot bring certain types of people into the marriage. Amen. And we have to be very, very careful who we are selecting to marry. Amen? Amen. And because God honors a marriage. The vows are important. It establishes relationships. It establishes children. It establishes descendants. It establishes generations, man of God. Amen. It is not something to be taken lightly. And God addressed very specifically in Leviticus when we were reading basically about lust. That had nothing to do with love. And when he first started out in Malachi, he said, I love you. Can you imagine your father before you speak anything tells you he loves you? But this is no ordinary father. This is our creator. He is the alpha and the omega. It begins with him. It ends with him. He's telling us he loves us. 
we looked at Exodus, it established the covenant and what he was going to do. He promised us some things. And we agreed to it. Not just the priest, not just the elders, but all the people. Mm. And the thing is, is that he said the Gentiles will know him and his name would be great. So he already speaks of mm. us even before we get into the New Testament, right? Right. We had a place with him, Brother Vernon, and we always did. Keep reading, man of God. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. I want you to stop right there, and let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. And you'll see who he's talking about. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And who is that speaking? John the Baptist. All right. He's the messenger. Amen. Amen. To talk about who? Our Jesus. king of king, our Lord of lords, our savior. Amen. Jesus. Just like Malachi is the one who is giving the warning. Turn back to God. Amen. Amen. John the Baptist was given that task to let the people know, right? Right. That Jesus was there, the Christ, the Messiah, the one that they had been waiting for. Amen. Amen. He Amen. was there. He was on the scene. Keep going. Verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? But he is like a refiner's fire. And like launderer's soap. Verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. 4. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord. As in the days of old, as in former years. 5. And I will come near you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. 7. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinance, and have not kept them. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. 
and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord, yet you say, What have we spoken against you? 14. You have said it is useless to serve God. Wow! What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? 15. So now we call the proud blessed, for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. 16. And those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Verse 18. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. That's something. The Lamb's Book of Life. I want to be in that. Amen. 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 So, God is not fooled. He is not mocked. And all those who claim that they're serving Him and are not serving Him. Don't they know that He knows? Exactly. How can they feel they're deceiving? That's more... But but they said, why do the work? Can you imagine... Pride goes before the fall, man of God. We got five minutes left. Let's try to get through chapter four. Please. Chapter four out of Malachi, verse one. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. Two, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Three, you shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of the hosts. Four, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Five, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Six, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Kind of rhymed. We got through it, man of God. Sure did. Amen. Amen. Turn back to God, men and women of God. This is the case that has been made. God knows all and sees all. And we have an opportunity. And we will be able to receive his promises. Amen. Amen. But there's a requirement. And we must fulfill what we must do, which is to be his children and to honor him. Amen. Amen. With our love and obedience. Love and obedience. We cannot come into his house and claim that we are servants and do any and everything that we want to do. We will be found out and we will be left wanting and it will not be good and it will actually not be a blessing. It will be a curse, not only upon you, but upon your whole house. So if you love your children, if you love your wives, if you care for those, then do it for them. If you can't do it for yourself. Amen. Amen. Because what you're doing, if you are not 
loving and serving God and obeying him, you're causing everyone to suffer. The blessings are there. They've always been there. But when you defy the Lord and do everything to complain and moan and cause others to stumble, you will not be blessed for that, Brother Vernon. Not at all. So I hope that we have blessed you tremendously. We have taken you to Malachi. We've gone to Exodus. We've gone to Leviticus. Leviticus. We also brought you up to date in mm-hmm. First Peter. Amen. To remind you who you are and who you always have been. And we went through the whole book of Malachi. So if you find yourself in a situation, guess what? You can repent. Amen. Amen. Turn from that thing and receive the blessing. Turn back to God. And all that you had, you will receive. You can do it. And if you don't know the Lord, I pray that you have a desire to know him and that you want to give your life to Christ and admit that you're a sinner and admit that he died for all your sins, not some of your sins. Amen. Amen. And that he rose up and he defeated death. Amen. Amen. If you believe that in your heart and have a desire to serve him, then guess what? We can welcome you to the family. But it's with the heart that you're circumcised with the spirit. It's with the heart that you serve the Lord and love the Lord. We love you and God bless you. Save the loss at all costs. Amen. Good night. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations.
donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. 